All right, welcome back. ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 app. I'm Scott Prather. It's the great Scott Show coming to you from the Roofing Louisiana ESPN 1420 studio. And, yes, we are going to talk a little New Orleans ball, a little New Orleans basketball. Uh, we talked some Cajuns basketball yesterday with head coach Bob Marlin. Today, bringing Will Gilry on. Will from the athletic Pelicans beat writer is uh, is joining us now and uh, first off will man how are you how's life i'm doing well man i'm doing well i appreciate you for having me on so uh, i really enjoyed your piece um that you dropped last week about drew holiday and the latest in terms of trade speculation literally going through every team in the league and kind of the the chance that he might you know what what chances are there he could end up at that team and what could they have in return and i want to get some more perspective from you on that but but uh, before we do that, uh, just a few housekeeping items here. Uh, it was announced yesterday the NBA and the Players Association reached an agreement. Free agency is going to start at 6 p.m. on November 20th. Official signings can take place on November 22nd. Um, and they're expected to have uh, an open trade window before then. The NBA draft is November the 18th. So that's right around the corner. I mean, <laughs> The draft's right there, free agency shortly thereafter, uh, and, and, you know, draft a week from the day. Free agency starts technically two days after that. We know everybody's been talking. The, the training camp begins uh, in less than three weeks, I mean, December 1st, and then the season on December 22nd is tipping off. So there's going to be a lot of action all at once. But, uh, but let, let, let's start with, uh, with the draft. The Pelicans are a team that could be involved in trades, you know, during the draft, uh, they're sitting there at what thirteen overall. What, you know, this is pure speculation, Will. Even though I know you've got you know connections and, and things like that. I mean, David Griffin was was tweeting, uh, quote tweeting you earlier this week. But what, like, what what are you expecting in the draft for the Pelicans? What direction do you think they're going here? Yeah, I think the big hole they have to fill is uh, on the wing, getting a, more size out there on the perimeter. Uh, I think it's something we uh, I've mentioned a ton of times watching this team last year, specifically at games like uh, against the Lakers where you see Drew Holiday defending LeBron James or the Clippers, you see Drew Holiday defending Kawhi Leonard. And we know Drew's capable and willing to take on any matchup, but you would prefer somebody closer to 6'7", six, 6'8", six, to defend those bigger wings. And if you want to get through the West, you're going to have to go through those big wings like Kawhi, like LeBron, like a Michael Porter Jr. So many of the good teams have those kind of guys. So I think the one fortunate thing for the Pels is there are a few options uh, of those type of guys in this draft, whether you look at a Sadiq Bay or a Patrick Williams or a Devin Vassell. I think there are a lot of different guys, and I put a piece up this morning about ranking some of those guys. So I think uh, they're going to be looking at a bunch of those different wings and trying to just figure out how to get a little bit bigger. If you're not uh, subscribed to The Athletic, do it. There's tons of great content on the Saints, on the Pelicans, and other uh, others of your fa- other favorites of yours as well, guys. Uh, at Will Gilry on Twitter if you want to give him a follow there as well. Uh, he is not just some guy from The Athletic, as uh, I think Bill Simmons once called him years ago. He's, uh, he's a lot more than that, but really good content over there. And, um, yeah, just detailing the, the, uh, the, the potential draft prospects. So let's let's talk about Drew Holiday. Will Gilry, our guest, ESPN 1420. Like, how likely is it that he's traded? I mean, I've seen everywhere from 50-50 to 90%. I don't think that Griffin's 
definitely going to trade him. I think he's got to get that right offer. They're kind of in that sweet spot right now. But what what kind of odds do you put on Drew Holiday playing somewhere else next season? Yeah, I would say first and foremost, I, I don't look at this as kind of an Anthony Davis situation for a couple of, from a couple of years ago. Uh, Drew hasn't demanded a trade, and I don't think the Pels feel like they have to trade him before the start of the season. So I think that's important to note going into this. I don't think they're going to trade him unless they feel like they got a really good offer for him. And I think they're fortunate because Drew has allowed them to be in this position where he's not really pushing them to leave. Or he, he's, If anything, he's doing the exact opposite. He's been you know, vocal about how open he is to playing with this younger team, being a mentor to these guys and being a part of what they have going on and, you know, going into the future. So I think the number one thing for them is just what are some of these teams putting on the table? Uh, I think, you know, if you're the Pels and you look at some of these teams like the Denver Nuggets, I don't think they're going to be interested in any deal that doesn't involve a Michael Porter Jr. I think the same goes for Miami with Tyler Hero. I think, you know, some of these teams are trying to hold on to these younger players and understandably so. I mean, these guys are incredibly talented, but the Pels don't feel like they have to move Drew unless they get a really great deal. So I've been a, you know, in the camp where I still don't think they should trade Drew, and I, I don't think they will trade Drew. But ultimately, it's just going to come down to, you know, what are the offers that they're going to get from some of these other teams. And if you ask me to go one way, I would still lean that him, he's going to be on the team to start the season. But, you know, who knows? Like you said, man, this offseason is going to be so crazy. Who knows how desperate some of these teams get. But I'm still leaning on him being in the Pelicans jersey on opening night. I think, you know, another thing, Will, that I that I considered that's changed is this idea. I think we looked at the contract for years and figured, okay, well, he'll opt out, you know, with the player option before the last year of his deal. And I think that was a safe assumption until recently. He still might, but with the cap expected to go down pretty drastically because of loss of revenue, because of COVID-19, Maybe that changes it, right? Because the free agent market won't be maybe quite as hot uh, or or as big as maybe many thought in terms of the dollars spent. So he might think to himself, okay, the one thing working against that theory is just that, you know, he's already 30. Um, but I don't know, man. I, I, think, I think that's one thing to consider here in terms of Drew. Uh, if anything, you know, I'm sure he would want an extension, but – there's just because of COVID. There's just so many. It's just an extra, I guess, wrench to throw into this whole discussion, right? Yeah, no question. And I think you know all of this ultimately comes down to. And I wrote this a, a few days back. I think all of this ultimately comes down to what does Drew prioritize at this point in his career? I mean, you know, like you mentioned, he's 30 years old. He's going into the final year of his deal. He <laughs> hasn't been into the playoffs a whole lot because he's played for the Pelicans. You know, this franchise hasn't had a ton of success. And, you know, I think we're constantly talking about Drew in terms of, man, he's so underrated. Man, people don't appreciate how good Drew is. Man, it would be great to see Drew back on that playoff stage. And, you know, a lot of it just comes down to is how hungry is he to get back there or how comfortable is he in his current situation with the Pelicans? Because I think uh, you're right that the, the cap situation, who knows what's going to happen with COVID-19 or, you know, the revenue they bring in this year and how – fans being present or not being present at games affects all of that. But, you know, if he just wants to win, I, I, you know, we've seen guys in the past take less to go be on winning teams. Or if he just likes being in New Orleans, maybe he just takes the extension and, and sticks around here and see, you know, how this Zion and Brandon Ingram thing plays out for the next couple of years. So I think, you know, a lot of it, I don't think Drew's a guy that's, you know, looking to cash out as much in this career. I mean, he's got a huge deal. 
last time around with New Orleans. I think uh, right now we're just trying to figure out, you know, what he really wants at this point in his career because it's such an important, you know, crossroads at this stage of his NBA life. And, you know, once you hit that 30-year-old mark as a guard, you know, your time is numbered. And I think he's got to figure out how he wants to ride into the sunset. And I think we're probably going to find that out soon. Pelicans beat writer for The Athletic, Will Gilry, is our guest, ESPN1420.com. I'm Scott Prather. Uh, I read, you know, your piece I mentioned about going through every team in the league in terms of the chances that a Drew Holiday trade could happen between no chance to slim chance to strong chance. You had four teams listed as strong chance, Brooklyn, uh, Indiana, Miami, and then Dallas uh, within, you know, the own division you pointed out some of the assets they have, but is David Griffin, is, I, I know he'll take whatever the best deal is possible, but do you think that you, you look at it with, I guess, slightly different goggles when you're trading it within your own division? Not necessarily, because uh, I do think that, you know, if you do trade Drew Holiday, you're kind of uh, owning the fact that you're going to be a few years away from being a serious competitor. So I, I think at that point, you're just looking at the best deal possible. You're not really worried about, what's going on with Dallas. Because at the end of the day, I mean, Luka Doncic isn't going anywhere. So Dallas is going to be good for years to come. Uh, I'm sure Drew's going to help that. But it's not like, you know, trading Drew there is going to make them a perennial playoff team. They're already going to be that as long as they have Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis. Uh, so I, in my mind, I still believe Brooklyn and Miami are probably the favorites in my mind to land Drew just because of the assets they have. And I think those are situations where he can step in and feel like he's on an immediate championship contender. Uh, but, again, I think a lot of it comes down to is Brooklyn going to be willing to give up Karis LeVert? Uh, are they open to the idea of Karis LeVert and Jared Allen in the deal? And if so, how, how much are the Pelicans going to be interested in Jared Allen knowing that they drafted Jackson Hayes with a top-ten pick last year? So, you know, there's a lot of moving pieces here. But I, I think, again, a lot of this is going to come down to how desperate do these teams get in their pursuit of Drew Holiday and how, much, how, how many of their assets are they willing to put on the table? because the Pelicans aren't in a rush. They don't need to make this move anytime soon. They can push it all the way up until the trade deadline. So I think it's just a matter of, you know, is Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving going to get in that front office's ear like they have in the past? Is Jimmy Butler going to start making some noise? I think that's what the Pelicans are kind of hoping for, that one of these teams just kind of say, all right, forget it. We're going all in and try to get Drew. ESPN1420.com, Pelicans beat writer Will Geary of The Athletic, our guest, Will. The Stan Van Gundy hire, um, I enjoyed his opening presser, especially when he, he asked you about your shoe collection in the background. <laughs> um, but uh, but it, the way his coaching staff, you know, it looks like a number of guys like Coach McMillan and and, and Finch are, are leaving, according to some various reports. Fred Vinson, though, looks like he's sticking around and going to be on the staff. I, I think when you look at the improved shooting of Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram last year and how much they just said it's Fred Vincent and the work he puts in here, um, that's, you know, it, this is a guy that has been with the Pelicans for a long time. I want to say um, Monty Williams hired him. But maybe he was on Williams' staff. So he's been there a while, has he not? This guy is – he's um, – He's been there a while, but it's it's hard to argue that he shouldn't be there. I was I'll be honest, I was uh I was excited when I saw that he was sticking around. Yeah, I mean he's a beloved figure in that Pelicans rock, locker room. They love what he brings. Remember, he was the, the summer league coach last year for the the Pelican squad. So he got an early, you know, a chance to kind of get to know Jackson Hayes, Nikhil Alexander Walker, Zion Williamson, some of these young guys on the team. 
and I think you brought it up, uh, you know, we heard over and over again last year, Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram talking about big work they put in with Fred Vincent and how much he helped them with their shooting mechanics and their confidence and, you know, the day-in, day-out work those guys put in the lab to kind of improve every little piece of that shooting motion. And I think he's a guy that I expect to be a part of the staff for a long time. I think he's got a really bright future in this league, and I think ultimately we're going to see him his role continue to grow with this team. But I think you're exactly right. They didn't want him to go anywhere because not only they know the relationship he has with Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram, but they know that he's the kind of coach that you can continue to groom moving forward, and he can be a huge asset to your entire roster just because of the way he sees the game. I think he's one of the, the most, you know, more brilliant assistants around the league right now. ESPN 1420. All right, Will, Stan Van Gundy in general, um, we hadn't chatted since, you know, the official hire took place. Um, I know you guys got to speak to him. His his opening presser was was good, but it's just a press conference. What do you make of the hire, and what do you think other than – developing Zion Williamson and getting the best out of him. What is the, think, what is the next most important thing he's got to do? Yeah, I think the, the, obviously the number one thing, he's got to improve the defense. I think when you look at last year's team, we saw a lot of talent. We saw a lot of offensive firepower. We saw them putting up big numbers in certain games, breaking the franchise record for three-pointers in a season. But they couldn't get a stop. <laughs> they couldn't stop anybody, especially in the bubble. And I think – especially when you look at your two franchise pillars in Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram, as talented as those guys are, they need somebody who's going to be in their ear about being defensive-minded night in and night out. And I think Stan Van Gundy, we've seen that throughout his career, how much he prioritizes being a great defensive team. And I think that's something he's going to try to bring out of this New Orleans group now. They're still very young. they got a lot of room to grow, so I think it's going to be a process. But I think having a coach that's going to, be mindful of that every every day. A guy who's going to bring that attitude in from day one in training camp, I think it's going to be huge. And I think having somebody that's going to hold those guys accountable when they're not playing hard, when they're not committed on defense, or when they're not playing with the energy that you know we saw at times during the Alvin Gentry you know era. I think Stan Van Gundy is going to be the guy that speaks up and calls them out for it. And I think that's the type of coach you need with a young group. So I think it's a really good hire for David Griffin. I think. You know, he was a guy that I didn't even think would be available at the start of this process. But I think, speaking to him, it, it seems like this is an opportunity that he really reached out to grab. I think that's what, something that was really appealing to the Pelicans. It wasn't like Stan Van Gundy was out there interviewing for other jobs. He called the Pelicans and said, hey, I want this opportunity, and I want to coach this young team and see how I can help them grow. And I think, you know, it, it, that's the perfect type of hire for a Pelicans team that's used to people not necessarily wanting to be in New Orleans all the time. But if you can find a guy – with Sam Van Gundy's track record, who says, I want to be here, uh, I think that's a great move. they got a lot of assets. They've got some bright young talent. It's about getting the best out of it. Um, giving you the option of, to clearly change your answer once free agency and the draft is done, and I'd love to talk to you before the season tips off next month. What, what is a realistic ceiling? Again, your answer could change in a month. But what is the realistic ceiling in this upcoming 72-game season for the Pelicans? Yeah, obviously a lot of this depends on Drew Holiday and how the team handles that. If they do trade him, what they get back. I think that's going to, you know, probably change my answer <laughs> if Drew Holiday gets traded between now and Christmas Day. But I think as of right now, the way this roster is built, if they basically bring it back, I still think that they've got a really good shot at, at grabbing the eighth seed in the West. 
I think, you know, it, it's going to be insane in the Western Conference this year how many teams are going for a playoff spot. I think you could basically say every single team in the West other than maybe Oklahoma City, and, you know, that's assuming they, they end up trading Chris Paul. Maybe they don't. Who knows? But I think basically every single team in the West next year is going in at least expecting to compete for a playoff spot. Even teams like Phoenix, Sacramento, you know, some of these teams that did make it, Memphis, I think all of these teams are going in expecting to be competitive. But I think uh, I'm still a firm believer that Zion Williamson is going to be an all-star next year. Uh, I think Brandon Mingham's going to be right there. And if you got those two guys playing at an extremely high level and Stan Van Gundy can improve the defense, I think that should be enough to at least put them right there in the running. And, and I think if you, you know, made me – you know, make a choice right now, I think they would be the eighth seed just because I, I believe in those guys and how much of a, a jump we're going to see from some of these young guys now that they got a year under their belt playing together. ESPN fourteen twenty. Last Pell's question for you. Will Gilry of The Athletic, our guest, at Will Gilry on Twitter. Go check out all of his stuff at theathletic.com, Pelicans beat writer. J.J. Redick being on this roster, having a history with Stan Van, how much does that help Stan Van with this young core? I think it's immensely important because you got to remember, I mean, some of these young guys, they were like, you know, preteens when Stan Van Gundy was at his prime as a coach. And we're talking about, you know, that, that magic team making a run to the finals. Zion Williamson might have been, what, like 10 years old or something like that during those seasons? Yeah. So I think having J.J. Redick there as a guy who can speak up, not only, you know, a guy who's highly respected in the locker room, a guy that, you know, I've heard from so many of the Pelicans young players that say, hey, I, I base my work ethic based on J.J., because I've seen that he's been able to stay in this league for this long. So knowing how much they respect him, to have him walk in and say, hey, I respect this guy, and this is the type of coach we need, I think it's going to be immensely important for that initial buy-in. And I think, you know, during some of those dog days, or during some of the days where Stan Van maybe getting on your nerves a little bit, or he's getting on you too much, I think having J.J. as a guy to be like, hey, this guy knows what he's talking about. We can trust him. I think that's going to be extremely important, and I think – that was probably a big part of Stan Van's, you know, uh, decision as well, understanding that he can have, you know, somebody speaking for him in the locker room the way J.J. probably will end up doing. Will Gilry has been our guest, guys. Follow him on Twitter, at Will Gilry. So how many shoes do you have? Like, when did you become a connoisseur <laughs> of shoes, Will? I, I don't keep account, but, uh, yeah, I, my, my mom will probably say I have too many, too many. That's for sure. She hit me up right after Stan Van Gundy made the comment and said, hey, stop sending all your buddy on shoes. Uh, but we know that's not going to happen. But, yeah, I'm pretty <laughs> proud of my collection. I, I've, I've been open and saying I'm still trying to catch up to Andrew Lopez. That's my guy. He's, he's the, the, the number one sneaker guy, but I told him I took the crown now because Stan Van Gundy gave it to me. But, yeah, my collection is pretty decent. But, you know, if you, if you know any shoe guys, sneaker guys that, that want to give me a hookup, man, let me know. Hey, uh, I, I'm always looking to add to the collection, that's for sure. As somebody that, that I, I'm not well-versed in that uh, in the shoe-collecting medium, what I, so I, wouldn't, I would really wouldn't know. Whatever your answer is, it, you'll have to explain it to me. But what's, your, what's the favorite pair in the collection and why? Oh, wow. My favorite pair. I got to go with uh, the Brad Jordan 4s, uh, the black and red Jordan 4s. You know, just a really comfortable shoe. You could wear, you know, casual. You could wear a dressy. You could do whatever with that shoe. I love that shoe. And the pair I got is kind of old and beat up now, so I might need to go get me a new pair. But, yeah, I would definitely take Jordan 4 and uh, the Jordan 1s as well, the classic, first original Jordans. You got to always mention those. Man, next time you're on a Zoom presser covering the Pels, you might have to just 
aim your camera down at your feet at the beginning. Uh, <laughs> hey, I might have to do that, man. Uh, just because this team, this team's gonna be big on sneakers in the future, man. Because we got the Zion kicks coming up soon. So, yeah, it's, we're gonna have a lot of sneaker news with this team coming in the future. Thanks for the time, Will. Man, all the best, and uh, let's talk again before the season tips off. All right. Uh, Absolutely, man. I always appreciate you having me on. Thanks so much.